Today on this episode of Going Deeper, we're talking about jealousy, envy. Is it ours? Is it God's? Find out where we land on the topic in just a minute. I'm your host, Kyle McCaskill. I'm Becky Clark. I'm Marie Burns. So join us as we go deeper. All right, so I'm I'm taking the reins on this week because I'm teaching this week and I read through James chapter four. I had no issues with it. Coasted along just fine, started digging into the commentaries, and there is one place where every single commentary I read had a problem with this one verse and everybody has a different opinion as to what it means. Please. Do tell. What is said verse? <laughs> said verse, James chapter 4, verse 5. Now, I recognize we're sort of taking it out of context by just pulling out the one, but nevertheless. We should not do that. Okay, so <laughs> pause your podcast, please, and go read all of chapter 4. Um, I won't get into the how it connects with what's before it or after it here, but that will be part of what is taught. So don't just check this out, but check out the teaching We're just going to zero in on this one hiccup. Okay, verse five, I am currently reading out of the ESV, and that matters. Okay. Or do you suppose it is to no purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us? Okay, at first glance, I had no problem with that. Mm -hmm. Old Testament says left and right, I am a jealous God, do not worship other gods before me. I'm good except that some translations don't use the word jealousy, they use envy. And some versions make it sound like it's not God that has an envy problem, it's us. But wait, which spirit is is envious? Is it the Holy Spirit or is it the soul that he gave us or is it the breath of life? And can that inherently be envious? Because envious in this sense is um, only ever negative and should not be attributed to God. However, if you put it in the context of something else, it could be more loosely defined and therefore be more like jealousy. Do you see where I was just about to put my head through a window yesterday? Wow. I have read seven commentaries, talked to two pastors, an almost deacon. That's me. <laughs> and I think I, I think I have finally landed on what to do with this, but I want to present to y'all what I went through over the past couple of days. So that's the ESV. In one of the commentaries, mm-hmm. it referenced the NIV, of which I then went and read, and it's not the current version of the NIV. The current version of the NIV I have here. I pull out my other Bible and says, in my or, do, or do you think Scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us? I was good with that. I don't see a problem with that. Now, let me read to you from the NIV that was published pre-1995 and see if you hear something different. Or do you think Scripture says without reason that the spirit he caused to live in us envies intensely? Now it's not God that has a problem. It's us. Yeah. That's actually what my MacArthur Study Bible says. That is not referencing the Holy Spirit. It is referencing our human spirit. 
These two commentaries agree with that. Uh-huh. This one doesn't. And I've got two more that disagree with that. Yeah. And I've got at least two more that agree with that. They're all over the map. So I'm going to try to lay out where the issue lies. This one does a pretty good job of saying what's wrong with it. First problem is people can't figure out what scripture he's referencing. This does not come from something specific in the Old Testament, Mm -hmm. which to be fair, when James was written, we didn't have a strictly canon Old Testament anyway. Some say it is a... Just an overarching speaking to Mm -hmm. God saying in the Old Testament, I am a jealous God. You should have no other gods before me. That that mindset. Problem with that is that word is actually zealous. It is not, even if you look at the Septuagint, which is the Greek version of the Old Testament, Mm -hmm. it's not the same word that's used here. Um, that version allows for kind of a a righteous jealousy of which we can't have. We, We are not that holy. Yeah. Um, it's it uses this envious word. So this is the first question is what scripture are we talking about? Others say that it's something that's lost to us. Um, it was maybe a common proverb back then, but it's not a proverb that made it into the Proverbs, mm-hmm. which they bring that up because he goes on and I think it's verse six to quote a specific proverb. It's out of Proverbs chapter 334. So he's quoting out of Proverbs in just a minute, but here we don't know where he pulled that from. So that's issue number one. What is he what is he quoting? Hmm. Let's see. Issue number two. Um, second, should we join quote toward envy or enviously? And it's talking about the Greek word that's used there. Um, I just had that. It, it it is envy with envy or does with envy belong with the spirit? So is it mm-hmm. is it our envy or it's his? We have nothing close to a parallel according to this one with the scripture speaking with envy. So it seems best to conclude that the words go with the scriptural reference itself. The third difficulty of this subject, the quoted verse. So how should it be translated? So this guy references this guy mm-hmm. and gives two possibilities. Number one, James is referring to God's jealousy for his people. As with the NRSV, we've got God yearns jealously for the spirit he made to dwell in us. Number two, James is referring to the human tendency to be envious. And then you get the old NIV, the the spirit he caused to live in us envies intensely. And then this guy adds a third possibility. The Holy Spirit is the subject of the main verb. The spirit, which he made to dwell within us, yearns enviously. So they've got all these issues. What are we quoting? And to me, the I I could let go really easily of are we quoting something specific or not? That that felt like something that we don't need to lose a lot of time over. But when we're talking about subject and verb, it really matters. And they all quote it differently. Mm-hmm. So can is it the Holy Spirit? Okay. So is it? Us? Here's, I'm going to give us a couple of others. Okay. I'm going to muddy the waters even Go more. Go for it, Kyle. <laughs> so the New King James Version. Oh, my, okay. <laughs> well, it's just very close to the NIV, actually. Okay. Or do you think that the Scriptures says, say is, or do you think that the Scripture says in vain, the Spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously? So it's very similar to what mm-hmm. the newer 
the more recent NIV mm-hmm. says. Yeah, which that makes it, I mean, if you're just listening to it, it makes yeah. it clear. So now right. let's let's take a look Is at it. it. So, wait, so one, one of two people suggested, and uh, or everybody referenced these two writers who suggested that it was like a, a hypothetical question mm-hmm. to where right. the answer is obviously no. Right. And right. every commentator Rhetorical. I read, everybody disagreed with that idea mm-hmm. that there's nothing in the way it was written in the Greek to suggest rhetorical question. Yeah. So they disagreed with that writing. That when you go back and look at the original Greek, there's no room for a rhetorical question in what was written. Yeah. So now let's... Okay. <laughs> hang See? on. Go uh, continue. New American Standard Bible, NASB, which my understanding is more of not a transliteration, but tries to be more academically mm-hmm. accurate uh-huh. in its uh, translation, says this. Or do you think that the scripture speaks to no purpose? He jealously desires the spirit which he has made to dwell in us. Mm-hmm. And the spirit that dwells in us has an envy problem. So see, yeah. this is where one, one of the ways that this becomes relevant to reading the whole of the chapter is mm-hmm. chapter four talks specifically about their issues with coveting other people's things. So you're mm-hmm. fighting in your own heart and you're fighting with yeah. each other because you are envious of what your neighbor has. Mm-hmm. You don't have it. And so you either take it by force or you speak slanderous words against the people around you. And then we shift gears over to this, not really shift gears. Mm-hmm. So some are saying, clearly he's saying it's our spirit that has an envy problem. and But God yearns for that spirit even though it's in us. And Mm -hmm. we do have a sin problem. So it's not that God's spirit has an envy problem. It's that our human selves has an envy problem. But that's if that's the way you interpret it. That If you go back to it's God that yearns jealously, then you have to deal with that that specific word in the Greek, which means envy, a Mm -hmm. grudge. Spite. It's only ever used in this negative way, and it's sorry, microphone. It's P H T H O N O S. Don't ask me to pronounce it. But it's (laughs) (laughs) wait for it. So I love the Greek. I love it. I love it. I want to stick with all these consonants right together. (laughs) Right together. It's fine. I can admit to you, I took Greek in seminary. I don't remember. Very little of it. I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to sound them all out. Yeah. But it's fine. And that's spelled P H T H I can't remember. I like that. It's fine. It's everything's everything's fine. So anyway, that word is in the in New Testament scripture only ever used in a negative context. It's associated with humans and commentators struggle to attribute it to God. But those who feel like it's God that is just yearning earnestly, work hard to make their case. Mm-hmm. Well, the I, I know Doug gets scared when we start looking in the footnotes <laughs> and the references. <laughs> but my Bible, the, the New King James here, it references Genesis chapter 6, verse 5 okay. for this one, which says, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Mm. And see, if you try to look at it through that lens, I mean, this is you know preparing Noah for being on a boat for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I can see the connection mm-hmm. to that. But I think more importantly, uh, when we see something that says just like the scriptures, mm-hmm. could that not be just like a generic phrase that was used that said, Old Testament to them was mm-hmm. the scriptures. Right. You know, for us, this all of this is the scriptures, but mm-hmm. to the hearers and the readers of these words, mm-hmm. they understand the scriptures being the entirety of right. you know, the Pentateuch or or mm-hmm. all, all of the whole thing. Well, and the the, the thing is is the word they used in place of scripture, the Greek word is graphi, which can mean just a writing. Mm-hmm. Or it can mean scri- uh, a holy scripture. Yeah. Well, he's James has referenced uh, scripture, wisdom literature, but he also, up to this point, has also just kind of referenced known wisdom literature too mm-hmm. that it That's floats true. around. So it could be just, you know, writings, words, mm-hmm. whatever, a much more general. It's written over here and it's written in some places in the, you know, wisdom literature that we yeah. address now more is. In the Old Testament. I, I do find it interesting, though, that it does. Remember, the Old Testament the, is not fully put together, right? right. Some people say. Either. Some people have said it's, it could it, that it is quite possibly a modern for the, for James at the time modern scripture that just yeah. we didn't really we didn't get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But James has utilized um, the Torah, and so Kyle's reference to Genesis makes a lot of sense because. Mm-hmm. He, if he's addressing Jewish Christians, he's talking about scripture. Very likely, he is wanting them to think back to something that's within the first five books, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. within the Torah. And so they all know it. Sure. Right, sure. right, exactly. So maybe he does want them to think about that verse in uh, Genesis, and he wants them to think about how there was a situation where people's hearts had become so uh, selfish that the spirit that lived within them of sin Mm -hmm. was just prevailing and permeating everything Mm -hmm. until God was so jealous and heartbroken and angry that it led him to have to do what he had to do. Right. Mm -hmm. You know? Right. This guy says that um, the Mm P-H-T-H-O-N-O-S, phonos word, and zelos, which is zealous Mm -hmm. in the Old Testament, zealous God, are sometimes interchangeable. I didn't hear anybody else suggest that. Mm, They are sometimes interchangeable, and the latter was frequently used of the jealousy of God. It is not impossible, then, to ascribe phonos to God. (laughs) Moreover, that word was occasionally used by Greek writers of the jealousy of the Olympian gods. Therefore, while unusual, James's uses of... (laughs) Can you, like, put that word on the screen for us? Absolutely, we'll put it on the screen. Um, Therefore, while unusual, James' uses of that that word, with respect to God's desire for his people, is not impossible. So he's saying it could very well be attributed to God. And he goes on to say, since therefore, in our view, the exegetical data of the verses verse are not conclusive, context becomes a key deciding factor. And he goes on from there to make his case of why the translation that God yearns jealously for the spirit that's within us, he believes that's the proper translation. These other well, and, two guys don't. And does not God, well, it does say that God is a jealous God. 
somewhere in there. And would not God jealously yearn for us to, you know, stop wanting the things of this world and want just God? That's the, that you know that's where this kind of all comes down for me. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna put that book down. Um, regardless of how you translate it, it's true. Mm-hmm. If you translate it that it's God yearning jealously for us, well, of course He does. Not one verse before I think it was James calls them you adulteresses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We are the bride of Christ when we covet other people's things when we sin against. God, we're cheating on him. We're the bride of Christ and we're cheating on him. And he wants to have us all to himself. But if you translate it the other way, God does yearn for the spirit that lives within us to choose only him and not the things of the world, which is where we go. We head for the things Mm -hmm. of the world. And he goes on to say that making friends with the world makes you an enemy of God. Mm -hmm. So it's just, you see why... I sh- I've been <laughs> struggling. Walked in with the whole. Back, I just think it has. It, I think there's a double meaning. You know, when I when we talked about chapter three last week, and um, I, I really think what happened in chapter three was James starts off kind of addressing the situation of people wanting to be leaders for the purpose of having. Um, status and all that kind of stuff. But he uses that as a jumping off point to kind of do a double meaning. So Mm. your words have influence as a leader among those who are listening and following, but everyone has influence with their words. And he uses the, when he talks about like the, your body, everything that I read talked about how there's an individual, his implication is there's an individual idea there. And then there's the full body of Christ implication. Mm -hmm. So my words lead me, but my words as a leader lead the congregation leads Mm -hmm. the body. Right. So if you read it in that respect, and then you move to chapter four, I, I just think maybe there's James is trying to give a double meaning of, you know, God is a is a jealous God who wants us. The problem is is that we are jealous people who want other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what which one do you want? Mm-hmm. Right? So the struggle is um the jealous God wants us and wants all of us mm-hmm. and we in the simplest of forms typically just want uh, everybody else's stuff. Mm-hmm. We're jealous and envious of everybody else's stuff. Yeah. If we would point that jealousy in the right direction of of being jealous for God in the sense of like, I just want more of God. Mm-hmm. I want more time with God. Mm-hmm. I want more uh, of his spirit. I want, you know, like, how do I get to that? Mm-hmm. How do I get to that point instead of how do I get to what everybody else has? Mm-hmm. Because God is jealous for us. So I just think it's a double meaning. Mm-hmm. I think it plays both ways. <laughs> and maybe it's not a rhetorical question, but maybe it's a question that he's throwing out of like, I need you to think about it in both ways. Mm-hmm your own self and how you apply it and then God and how he applies it. So, so period. Done. I'm done. <laughs> done. These guys are not done. Yeah. I'll write a commentary. I'll figure <laughs> it out. Do. I'll write it all down. <laughs> My question now becomes why so often do we insist on something meaning just one thing? And only being applicable in one way. Mm. 
I mean, for all we know, James had a very, I mean, he's quoting something. He had yeah. a specific thing he meant. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is we don't know exactly what he meant. But either way, you. He didn't put a footnote. Right. He should have. He should and, have. Gosh, James. And to clarify. MLA I, style people. I, APA, <laughs> whatever. I'm not saying that that all of scripture is ambiguous and can mm-hmm. mean whatever you want it to mean. That's clearly mm-hmm. not right. You know, true. But there are times when I think you read this, maybe you say, <clears throat> hmm, God is jealous for my attention and my affection mm-hmm. because I'm giving my attention and affection to things I shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. And then maybe there are times that you read it and you say, who, maybe... Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm jealous of something else or I'm seeking after something. Either way, in the end, you come to that one end of needing to be back to just God. Right. Well, we're people who want to have one answer, mm-hmm. right? When you when you have a conversation with somebody or as an example of our kids, when they come to you and ask a question, they're looking for a very specific answer, right? True. They, they're not looking for double meanings. They're not looking for how to apply mm-hmm. it in a larger whole. They they want to know a very specific answer. And we are typically people who do that. That wasn't the way this writing is done, though. No. There is a there rhetorical. There's there's all this rhetoric of this writing. They they loved back in these days to write in a specific way that made you think and ask more questions. I mean, Jesus spoke in parables that he could have just said plainly, no, don't do X, Y, Z, but it was a way of teaching that made you think about things more and apply those things than just to seek that one specific answer. When we spend more time thinking about what the parable really means, trying to apply it, figuring out how it, it, for us personally, then I think that it gets into us better. Mm, yeah. And a lot of times they can have double meanings they or triple meanings, depending on where you are in life. That's why you can read scripture your whole life and read the same passage and get something different out of it, depending on where you're at in life. Yeah. But we like to go to things and just find the, the quick answer so that we can apply it and move mm-hmm. on. But that's just not, it shouldn't be the way that we approach scripture. And a lot of times it shouldn't be the way that we just approach God. Um, Because if we did opened ourselves up more, maybe our prayer lives would be more rich because don't we just go to God and say, I need this, this, and this, I need you to do it in the next 15 minutes done instead of opening the door for let me experience, let me listen how could how can I grow in eight places instead of you fix this one thing for me? Well, and in a conversation I was having this morning, uh, we were talking about uh, trying to make the word and, and scripture say something specific. And I think my comment was what we really need to do is get to a place where, how did I put it? Uh, where maybe in one place, when I read this, it says one thing, but what what we need to be careful of is we need to ensure ourselves or we need to try our best to make sure that we're inserting Scripture Mm 
mm-hmm. and inserting the the word of God into our lives so that it can do what it needs to do in that time instead of deciding what we want the word of God to say mm-hmm. and then going here just to try to prove my point. Yeah. And so it, it's so very easy, especially in a book like James, where there are these little snippets and these little wisdom bits that you could come to this and take something way out of context. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> like you could bash people over the head with this in a very ungodly way. Sure. Um, and that's not what's here. If I had to guess, why everybody got hung up on this and by everybody i mean every single commentary all of them spent so much ink on this i think it was the concern that such a negative word got attributed to the personality of god Mm -hmm. that word envy you see some chose to use the word jealousy instead of envy because they've Mm -hmm. heard jealous god in the old testament when everybody's cool with that Mm -hmm. i think People got so worried about trying to, this is just my guess, if you wrote one of these commentaries and would like to disagree, please send me an email. I, I think people got worried about, well, you can't attribute envy to God. God doesn't envy. God doesn't want other people's stuff. The only thing God wants is our affection mm-hmm. alone. But we have attributed a negative meaning to envy. I don't know that it's like what you and I talked about yesterday. Can't God be envious of the amount of time that we spend in other things and not with Him? Can't can't he be envious of the attention we give to other stuff? I, I mean, we it's only we attribute negative because then we move to negative things yeah. with mm-hmm. envy. Mm-hmm. We we make bad decisions, poor decisions. But does necessarily being envious of something good could it motivate us to good things? Judging is a, we all think judging is a bad word, but God is a God of judgment. Well, and uh, some of the, but a good judgment for us. Our humanity is what plays the negative role into all of it. So I don't know. To answer your question, they all point to that word and all the Greek definitions that go with it. And they are, it's only ever used in a negative way in the New Testament. So it could be to make a point, though. I mean, could to be. make you uncomfortable. Could be. I, I, yeah. I think the goal is that they're trying to, and maybe this is a stretch. Are they trying to defend God? And you don't, you don't need to. God doesn't need to be. He doesn't him. need to be. God can be zealous slash jealous for me. Mm-hmm. I can also have a spirit that struggles with envy of other people, while God is reaching out for me. I'm reaching out for other things. It's right. it's both and mm-hmm. as we've kind of said so maybe that i don't know if that's what why the commentators had so much trouble or if one commentator had so much trouble and then every commentary that's come after it has been trying <laughs> to, to address it for it. that uh-huh. one yeah and really trying to help that one guy who was really struggling <laughs> i mean we've joked in the past about ending up in each other's offices with a commentary i don't know what to do with this <laughs> right and i was driving home yesterday after just running in circles with this all day yesterday Honestly, I've been running through it since last week. And I was reminded that a spirit of confusion is not of God, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that there has to be clarity there. And I just, I closed it all out and said, I'm not going to think about this anymore tonight. And I came in this morning, read a couple of things, and then I'll try to share with you this, where I just landed with it, the synopsis of, of, of it. And I was, I was given a thumbs up by the pastor. So I, I think... 
I read through all this stuff and I said, so this is where I land. So if it's us that envies, the answer is that God is longing after us while our worldly selves are longing after the world. If it's the Holy Spirit, then it's a righteous jealousy that longs for relationship with us. Either way, the point is to be faithful to God alone. Yeah, That's where I landed with it. So, yes, I think when we come and we try to talk about the negative emotions, anger, jealousy, all those kind of things, especially when we attribute them to God, mm-hmm. we have to remember that they all begin with the perfect, holy love mm-hmm. that is God. Mm-hmm. Everything about God springs from that singular description, mm-hmm. perfect, holy love. Mm-hmm. And it is out of that perfect and holy love that God's wrath comes. It is mm-hmm. out of that perfect and holy love that God's anger comes. Mm-hmm. It is out of that perfect and holy love that God's jealousy for us comes. Mm-hmm. And so none of these things, when taken that way, are negative. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yell at your kid for mm-hmm. going out and playing in the street. Why do you yell at him? Because you're, you're angry. You're scared. You're fearful because of your love for your kids mm-hmm. because you don't want them to get hit by a car. Mm-hmm. Right. And if that's us, how much more does God love us? And he's like, get out of the street! (laughs) (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. And the other thing to learn from this as well is just that it's so important to read Scripture within context of the larger whole. So pulling out one word and getting hung up on it, obviously commentators, that's their responsibility, is to try to take you to the academic, to break down the information, all that kind of stuff. And that's important. The larger whole is how do we read that one verse and how do we interpret that verse within the the larger chapter Mm -hmm. and not just within the larger chapter, but within the whole letter Mm -hmm. because James is heading us somewhere. He's been trying to talk about some very specific things uh, that are going on that are struggles and address them and motivate the listener. Mm -hmm. So what content can those things be within the larger whole? And again, that's why it proof texting is so dangerous. Oh yeah. Why you can't just pull out one verse and have it apply to however you want it to. Mm-hmm. You you have to read the whole context and try to figure out the larger whole of what's being said. Mm-hmm. So, yes, there's there's some struggle with verse five and how we potentially interpret it, but how is it fit within the rest of the verses? Mm-hmm. Too yeah. So for for people who are reading scripture. Not just us, but anybody who's reading scripture, you get hung up on a word or a verse, ask yourself, well, what were the verses before and after mm-hmm. trying to say, and how does that potentially fit in? Mm-hmm. When we come to scripture, we you cannot just read it and walk away. Right. You've done a disservice to yourself, mm-hmm. you know, and to your relationship with God to, to learn and grow. You have to struggle with it, ask questions of it. Mm-hmm. It's a conundrum. It is a conundrum. Or it was. I feel like I've landed somewhere with it, but it was yesterday spinning my wheels. Well, that's okay. For days now. And sometimes you just got to put it down and walk away from it, talk to people you know about it. Well, in weeks from now, when, when this is even all over, it'll be interesting to see how this passage and this struggle will come back up. 
sure. Really, and what you've learned from it, because mm-hmm. every moment that we struggle, and you're right, God is not a God of confusion, but sometimes those struggles take us to somewhere else we need to be right. later on. And if we make note, then we kind of see where we were before. Oh, I was asking this question and struggling with this thing. Mm-hmm. That makes sense, because I needed to get to step W to, yeah. you know, <laughs> for the like light bulb to fully come set. on. You know? uh-huh. Yeah. So right. put it all together one piece at a time. And who knows, maybe I'll go, I'll go back and forth like I did with uh, Joshua and Holy War. And did God really mean to wipe them all out? So stay tuned for next time when Marie decides what she really thinks. Well, I'll just change my mind next week. We'll have that conversation again and nope, again nope, and again. Nope. Well, yes, but I'm not. not. I don't even still know how I where I stand on that. Sometimes mm-hmm. depends on the day. <laughs> so is that is that kind of a wrap for today? No, I think so. Yeah. That's. I mean, you, everything else in this chapter is that's pretty good. straightforward. We got all that. <laughs> Well, and, and hopefully next week will be just as interesting. I don't know. We wrap up James next week yeah. with chapter five. And um, part of what I'll do when I teach this is fit that verse five in with what's before it, what comes after it. Mm-hmm. And and honestly, a theory that says that the end of chapter three connects through chapter four mm-hmm. and perhaps even partially into chapter five, that all of it goes together. Yeah, yeah. I saw that in, uh, in my prep for chapter three, mm-hmm. but obviously you were teaching four, so I didn't want to... Right. I didn't even make that connection, giving you the space to do it. So <laughs> so the author of the book of James didn't sit there as he's writing this and like, okay, four, now this is verse one, and okay, here's superscript two. No, right he here. did forget his footnotes. <laughs> he <laughs> did forget his footnotes. <laughs> did forget his footnotes, and In that, fact, I that's think frustrating. We won't get into this. I think, he, I think the break between chapter four and five should have been somewhere else than where they put it, but that's for another time. That's for another time. I am in agreement. I think we... Well, we'll see what you say. Okay. <laughs> In my reading, yes. So we'll see what we say. Okay. Another stay tuned for next time. <laughs> <laughs> We're just setting the stage. For That's right. Wow. So listen. that has been... We spent a lot of time on that one little one bit. One little bit. Well, that's that okay. Sometimes. That's, yeah. uh, that's why we have these conversations. So with that, add your voice to our conversation and send us a comment. Send us an email to askgoingdeeper at gmail.com. Because it's so much more fun when we have your comments and your thoughts and your questions to add to. And, you know, that gives us more things to talk about and more things to consider. And, you know, who knows, maybe we'll actually respond to your comments on YouTube because that would be fun to to have a whole discussion about this just on in the comment section. That would be a lot of fun. So do that, Uh, subscribe, like, hit the notification bell, give us a review on Apple Podcasts, subscribe on Podbean, all the places, you know the drill. If you don't already know the drill, then you know go watch a previous episode where I talked about it at great length. (laughs) We're not doing that today. We're we're not gonna do that today. We've Huh? Notification. It's always right here. The notification, yeah, the right notification here. Is, is below Becky. Yeah. yeah. See, she's pointing at it perfectly. She's getting so much good at Getting so much good so at much good. Words are hard. <laughs> she's getting words, so good at this. Words be hard. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, thanks for the great conversation, you two. Thanks Thank for you. the questions. Thanks for listening. We'll see y'all next time. <laughs>